Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, welcome back. Uh, This is episode 17 of Love Sober, the podcast. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about getting positive. I think it's uh, needed at this time of year. It's especially uh, very rainy and kind of stormy over here um so um yeah what 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 lights you up what inspires you um how you can use play to to push you through kind of um tricky periods of uh, your sobriety or just generally dealing with everyday life um looking exterior ex- to the exterior um of other people that inspires you or sober celebs or um or I don't know, some philosophers or whatever, you're looking at things that kind of, um, that make you, you happy and, um, adding to this, um, as a fulfilling life choice, I guess. Um, so as normal, we'll start off with our saying hello to each other and checking in. So hi, Kate, how are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm better today. I, um, I, I did one of my, uh, courses at, at the weekend and had to go up up north like I was like that southern softy that's like oh I've got to go north of the Waterford Gap but actually it was just it was fine it was it's in a very very intense kind of training day um and then I was basically I don't know just the transport system in England is broken it is just Mm. broken I got back to London then I had loads of cancellations I bet you're like oh oh no I wish I hadn't asked (laughs) (laughs) so positivity positivity but basically then there was a replacement bus service and I was standing then but having been on traveling for six hours when the journey should have taken me about three at midnight with like what felt like a thousand other people in a tent in the pouring rain waiting for a replacement bus and I I don't know I just my mind went immediately to kind of refugees and mm. and people who are homeless we were talking about this weren't we and, yeah. I, and I was just like oh man this really really sucks and then I had to obviously flip it and feel really really grateful before I got really depressed and then we've been talking about supporting crisis haven't we so like taking a bit of action and feeling really grateful but um and then yesterday absolutely exhausted but today I feel better I feel like okay I'm back on my game I'm ready to talk about being positive (laughs) how are you (laughs) yeah uh yeah I'm not in the best uh frame of mind at the moment um I think yeah I, I I suffer from sad so as soon as it starts to get dark and the the sun goes in I I really start to sort of feel the presence of the black dog so I, I am I'm kind of in fighting feeble fight mode mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got my sun lamp out and um I had a really really nice weekend I, I feel really grateful that I'm you know, I am learning so much about sort of self-awareness that it was just like, right, I need, you know, off tech time. I need to just make my world really small, be with my family. Like, I'm so grateful to have, yeah, my husband, my my kids and mm. a house and, and electricity. And I, yeah. And again, when it gets kind of cold and wet, I get really sensitive about those that are in tricky positions. So, yeah, right. And, you know, it feels a bit kind of like a privileged white person to start going, oh, right, oh, you know, what can I do to sort of get a little money together to give to charity or, you know. 
Um, I need to sort of find some sustained ways to help, but I guess we are in terms of looking at, um, at coaching and how we can and feed back into the community afterwards. But so yeah, I'm a bit of a, a mixed bag. Mm. It um, sounds like we need this webinar, not a webinar, podcast on like ways to feel positive when the going gets tough. Yeah, really. Mm. We yeah. said before, didn't we? Take a bit of our own medicine and like just try and apply some of those so maybe we'll come out of this feeling a bit more sparky yeah because uh, you know it's like you were saying you can't pour from an empty cup can you so no and I think all of these things that we're going to talk about are really great ways to fill up the cup and what's really nice is like you said they kind of involve looking outwards rather than inwards because often we get like with being sober and a lot of the work I suppose we do it does feel like work, especially in the early days. And then the self-development stuff, often you it's, I mean, I find myself, it, uh, what helps me a lot is reflective practice. But actually, that's still quite hard work. And we're still training mm. and learning and giving out to our families. So it's like, well, how do we fill up our cup? And I and I like that quote that, you know, that you, you said. And, um, and yeah, these are all things to look outside mm. to fill up that cup from somewhere else. And I love that because we we really need it don't we and like we said especially this time of year when we're getting dark yeah and I think that there is a tendency I know when I'm starting to get depressed because I've become very sensitive to to little things and everything seems to have meaning and seems to lead back and you know I start you know thinking about why I did this and you know why didn't I achieve and like um I don't know, even taking my daughter to school this morning. It was just like, I just wanted us all to stay in bed. And I was Mm. like, oh, you know, I wish I'd been more present when she was a little baby, when she didn't have to go to school and we could just lie in bed all day. And, you know, that all those constant kind of things start to just become heavy. Uh, And so it's like, right, what do do you do with that to kind Mm. of flip it and and be grateful? Yeah, essentially. I know know, what you did. You you looked at pictures of Tom Hardy. (laughs) I didn't I I listened to him telling I listened to him reading uh children's stories actually which is even better because he's moving (laughs) and speaking um so yeah so it's like right let's flip it what's fun what's you know let's uh use that um use all our tools to flip that energy and 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 look Mm -hmm. outwards and yeah maybe take some inspiration or or just get a bit silly or play or fun or flow or yeah uh, you know um so what did look we come out. up we come up, came up with look outwards and and the sort of sections i've got are inspiration fun play flow creativity and creativity and wonder or awe mm. yeah so why don't we start with what we're we starting with inspiration uh sure yeah so um so yeah, you mentioned Tom Hardy. Uh, so one thing I like to do if I'm, I think this is a really nice one in early sobriety and early kind of, um, when you're finding yourself again of like, who am I in this new personality and, and who are my people and, you know, and, oh, am I like alone and abnormal or whatever? Um, if you, if you look at lists of people that don't drink, um, I mean, there are so many mm. uh, really amazing people and and so many within creative industries. Um, I looked at kind of media, TV, then I looked at Hollywood, music, and then kind of sports and uh, others, actually. There's a lot of um, kind of um, 
leaders and politicians and stuff like that that um, that don't drink. So um, some of the ones that uh, I can't, I mean, there's loads. I made a massive list, so we'll have to put a big list on the site. Um, ones that really kind of um, got to me that I kind of like go, oh, yeah. Well, one is Zoe Ball because um, she was a real ladder when I was a ladder and she was very much part of that kind of um, the same scene, as it were, you know, both living in Brighton and, you know, that whole fat boy slim um scene mm. and sh- and so that was a real like ah oh, yeah okay because there was a, like an association of like she's lived the same life and she's yeah. made the same decision kind of thing yeah 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 I met her um, in Waitrose car park did you yeah in Brighton yeah um yeah we used to see them quite a lot on the beach and stuff yeah um Bryony Gordon who uh was hugely influential for me in terms of mental health uh, yeah. she's addressed her um alcohol problems uh, lots of funny comedians like Peter Kay and Simon Pegg and Griff Reese Jones Catherine Tate um obviously Davina McCall she's a long-term uh, sober woman uh, so that's kind of British TV people Billy Connolly as mm. well uh, who I love um in Hollywood, there are a lot, and it's quite interesting how open the Americans are to talking about um, sobriety and stuff. Uh, we mentioned Tom Hardy, so if you don't Did know who we? Tom Hardy is, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's nice. He's a he's a handsome man, um, <laughs> and he he. If you uh, know CBBS or you uh, you are a mother, because it's such a big mum born, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, he has read a few children's, like, Jack and Ori story time on CBBS, which is quite enjoyable. Um, Daniel Ratcliffe. So I was talking to my son about this this morning, actually. So I was listing them off the site, um, some, like, football players and and stars. And he was like, they are subber. He says subber. Subber. <laughs> because it's French accent. They were subber. I'm like, sober. Yeah, they're subber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was quite impressed with all that. He was like, oh, lots of very good people are sober. Um, uh, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Will yeah. Smith's wife, Ewan McGregor, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Bradley Cooper, um, two of the Sex in the City girls, yeah. which is interesting. This is my um, kind of era. Yeah. Like Kim Cattrall and Christian Davis. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, who I absolutely mm. love. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman. Oh, I love her. Um, yeah. She's beautiful. Um, she is beautiful, yeah. Da- Tom Hardy, did I mention him? No, did, we didn't mention <laughs> yeah. Tom Hardy. Gerard Ger- Butler, he's not, he's not bad either. Bradley Cooper. Um, yeah. F- you know, so that's... So many. In mu- yeah, in music, um, obviously Sia is a huge uh, person within the kind of sober community. I actually saw Sia when she was with her old band, um at Glastonbury um, when she was sort of heavily into drugs and alcohol um, and then to sort of see her progress and then all all her songs like are very much sober anthems I guess mm. when you listen to the words and you know her history um, Chris Martin Coldplay um, Florence Welsh Florence and the Machine Eric Clapton uh, <laughs> Rachel Stevens mm. S Club 7 the respect um david bowie eminem ian brown um stone roses i don't know if david bowie counts because he's dead (coughs) 
Well, he's still an icon to me. Yeah, no, he is. He's still an icon. I'm joking. Yeah. I should make jokes like that. That dude just <laughs> massively offended my music sensibility. Do you know, no, he's one of my holy trinity, though, is David Bowie, yeah. because I literally, I could not love him more. I really, yeah. really love him. So that's really, it is lovely to know. Yeah. He was one um, of us. Yeah. And um, who else that I really like? Um in there's lots of footballers mm. and lots of um sports people so but um, i guess this is about kind of finding like heroes and sheroes is my my yeah. angela put it isn't it and it's like you can have so much fun going and having a look at you know who yeah who likes you yeah out. um just the the last ones um that i found michael evis who is the uh founder and creator of glastonbury festival which is mm. basically where i spent my whole youth um, so that was that's for me that's quite a significant one yeah right um and you know that you can be the head of the biggest one of the biggest music festival in europe um yeah. and this whole sort of creative amazingly cool event and yeah. drink yeah um uh nietzsche gandhi abraham lincoln um muhammad ali uh, Warren Buffet, who's a, a, a very, very, very wealthy man. Uh, we'll s- just skip over the fact that Hitler was sober um, and George Bush and Trump, um, but there we go. Um, but they are all powerful men in power pos- positions. Yeah. Malcolm X yeah. um, and Stephen King, the writer. So mm. those are the ones I... So, yeah, there's loads. I mean, loads. And it's, and I think just... it is, it's like you said, when you, especially, I mean, it's just nice to go back and remember that, like, when yeah. you're feeling, if you're just feeling low or a bit fed up and just go, actually, you know, it's, it's when I hear that list, I kind of feel like I'm in the coolest club in the world, you know what yeah. I mean? Instead of, you know, whatever I have been feeling. So that's immediately improved my mood. So thank yeah. you for that. But you well, didn't mention, you didn't mention Tom Hardy. He's also... St- <laughs> right so what i've been thinking about then while you've been Elton John, looking at sorry. mum porn i've yeah. been looking at um well i've been thinking about creativity and flow you've and been doing deeper meaning i have because i've been revisiting the science of happiness <laughs> yeah. which is something that really kind of bedded down my kind of interest in in all of this and i love a bit of neuroscience to back it up so um which I'll kind of go into with the awe stuff because there's actually a whole thing about evolutionary theory, which is marks us out as one of the strengths as a species because we're not particularly strong species in terms of big teeth and claws and things like that and speed. Mm. But we are um, uber social. We're like like massively, massively social. That already makes me feel better because when I'm like, Ooh, well, we're just all assholes. I think actually, no, we're, su- we're, we're the super social species and um, capable of such compassion and such kindness and huge bits of creativity. And that, that makes mm. me feel awesome as a human, but it also makes me feel connected. So it takes me out of my lonely little boo, poor me headspace and makes me feel part of something bigger than myself, which is, you know, that, yeah. that all automatically, again, it makes me feel better. Um, that kind of links into all, which I'll sort of, I'll go into a bit in a minute because there's just so much nerdy stuff that I love to talk about <laughs> with that. But I was thinking about play and 
how I thought when I stopped drinking that all the fun was over. And actually, it was only just beginning, I think. It was like mm. the time when I got back into musical theatre where I realised that I love, you know, and that is different somehow to me writing it's different to me knitting or something there's something about being in that creative space which is about flow and being totally immersed and when I've been totally immersed in something it feeds me and I come back massively energized so I think it's lovely like you once said oh never stop being curious about what makes you happy and what lights you up and I just think yeah you know that like literally make that bucket list and go mm. and have a look and I know it's difficult but we talk about when we're this is coming out of early parenting I have to say because I know some people don't have that kind of support and maybe that's when you can kind of listen to Tom Hardy reading stories um and obviously I do want to put a nod to that because sometimes you can't get out and do your amazing bucket list or you might have loads of money but then it's like but you may be able to go for a walk in the park and look at beautiful autumn leaves with your kids and feel the texture and look at the miracle of that you know like so but it's, it's about but it's what also like you how you react to those situations I mean I got so serious as a parent when mm. I was drinking like just so unbelievably serious and I so much of the kind of fun element mm. or just being able to laugh at myself because I was I was so uh angry sensitive um you know um w about myself and what I was doing I was so reactive to any kind of like I don't know yeah any fun really any mm. or just being silly you know um <laughs> I don't know what possessed me last night but like the kids were being really, really annoying. Like Sunday night, they need to calm down, you know, to school next day. And they were just so silly. My son was in the bath. My daughter was like, I don't know, rolling around on the bed and they were mm. laughing about him having hiccups or something. And I was in here like folding up uh, the sheets, really like frustrated. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me. I just picked up this massive uh, duvet uh, white duvet I picked it up I was about to fold it and I just I just put it over my head <laughs> and I just went in as a ghost and was like Woo! and chased them around the house uh, as a ghost and uh, they were that's lovely and they, and they were absolutely wetting themselves and I was just like I have no idea where that came from but it was really fun and like it was kind of like I can't I don't have the strength to beat them in this silliness so I might as well just get <laughs> to their level and have fun and then I kind of and then they came and helped me sort of do the sheets and yeah and the other day my daughter and I uh, we went to there's some really beautiful dunes um, and kind of really savage coast near where we live and we rolled down the the dunes <laughs> sand dunes oh, <laughs> I got, I got really lovely. dizzy I thought but yeah I mean all that sort of silly play yeah. I it sounds really easy now and you think, oh, yeah, well, that, that's just normal behaviour. But I was so broken by depression and by my drinking. I wasn't capable of, that, mm. of doing stuff like that a couple of years ago. Um, I was just trying to control situations all the time just to, like, make sure no one died. To feel basically. in control. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so yeah. anything kind of a little bit risky, like yeah. you know, jumping off a bed or jumping on a bed, I just go kind of crazy. So... Well, I suppose that's, I mean, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about comfort zone somehow and 
just because you know if we've been out of the habit as adults being quite serious and often I think that's where adults have been conditioned to go and have fun and to go and have play and to take off those limits is when they're Mm. drunk so you might have some kind of really responsible you know job and then just go and be dancing on a table and think that it's the alcohol that's made you like Mm. like go and have that fun in inverted commas and actually you know, one of the great things I think about sobriety is when you when you step through those comfort zones and when you manage that sense of self-awareness, uh, but you're mm. doing it sensibly. So, like, if I got up and genuinely danced on a table now, I mean, that, that would be because I was just like, I really, really wanted to do it and I didn't care that I was a knob. And I love that. And it's like, well, why not, yeah. actually? And also, like you say, I'm not going to... F- kind of fall well I might fall off but not as likely to fall off because I'm not really <laughs> like a bottle of wine down but yeah. do you know what I mean so that whole thing about maybe if you're newly sober this is uh testing ground isn't this is relearning those mm. silly skills of being a kid and play without the alcohol because actually that's been masking it could have masked your genuine you know like I we always say don't we that um like the childhood uh, hobbies are a good place to reclaim some of that joy. Like, test mm. it if you kind of think, because some people go, I just haven't got a clue what I like anymore because we've lost it as grown ups, as boring, bloody grown ups. I so absolutely felt like that. When kids I are a good place to have a look at how to play. Mm. I don't know, you know, and I do that sort of like put down, stop cooking the dinner and get on the trampoline with them. Just for a moment, at those high moments, I think it's just an up one of those virtuous circle things, an upward spiral where you go, oh, I can do that. I yeah. can do that. I can invest that moment in just being silly. And that's whether you've got kids or not, you know. If you haven't got kids or you've, you're a bit freer, you can then go and do that circus skills workshop or, like, now I can go and do my musical theatre and dress up as a, a nun and... And, and dance and on, mm. <laughs> you know and that that does tickle my boxes because it is just really silly so yeah yeah I do a lot of uh dancing around the house that's for sure mm. had a great soul to soul session yesterday just like rocking out some old tunes mm. um and there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a scientific thing there because um who what was his name there's a psychologist called and I can't I, he's called Michali and he's got a Czechoslovakian name and he came out, he studied um, after the Second World War, he studied his parents and their, and adults who carried so much weight and basically he was really fascinated with this idea of the fact that they, how could they find fun and enjoyment again and he did mm. loads of studies in it and he found that there were certain activities that when they were in flow and when they were in play and it was usually creative um, it was slightly different from mindfulness, it was more immersive and had more energy, their brains he studied it and said their brains didn't have enough space to then ruminate and feel bad and they came out feeling better. So he actually did a big study on post-World War II trauma. Interesting. And the, and the benefits of flow, play and creativity. So, you know, it's real stuff. It's not just a bit of frivolity. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, it does feel like that sometimes. It's like you blast it out, don't you? You know? Yeah. Just like, hey, I'm not... Turn up the music, dance it out until you... Feel you better. Know, until, 
till it shifted yeah yeah right and it's a good strategy and again I think we sort of tend to think of all these things maybe as something frivolous but actually if you start breaking it down and you know there's like they're now studying this stuff and it's Mm. like brilliant it's like we don't just do it for no reason it's part of evolution we do it because we have evolved to need to do that behavior and it makes us Mm. feel better so it's there for a reason, isn't it? So get your play on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, ran over, soapbox. Um, so, yeah, what lights us up? And I think that, like, yeah, looking to role models, looking to our heroes and sheroes and then finding what we love. So that's... Yeah. I, I think creativity comes into mm. this as well. Like, um, you know, I, I've struggled to find, you know, especially when I came back from Los Angeles, everyone was into creativity and, every, you know, recovery and creativity and and Tammy Salas and the Unruffled podcast. And I was like, I need some of this, but what am I going to do? And, you know, my, gra- my grandma was an artist. My mum my is uh, a crafter. She's very talented in terms of patchwork and embroidery and so I have that within me in my sort of women's tradition in my family and I used to do lots of sort of silk craft and stained glass and um, all those things when I was younger it's like well you know what can I do and um, when I was in LA they had these this massive tray of mala meditation bracelets beads and they're all sort of semi-precious stones and I just stopped and I was kind of just feeling all these beads and I was trying to decide which ones to buy <clears throat> and I wanted to buy them all but I couldn't afford it and um and I was looking at all the labels you know of the significance and what they mean and, and where the stone comes from and what it's healings process and I was just like oh excuse me <clears throat> I was like this is what I could do this is my my manual craft this is what I could do at home uh I could you know uh, I, and I and then it went back to my mum because my mum's always loved sort of semi-precious stones uh, and I was like right that's it that's my thing to sit down and, and just meditatively make these bracelets mm, lovely. and I can't um, you know because I can't afford all of them I might as well just make them myself and um, and so we talked about it didn't we and then you were like oh yes that would be something that I love and I could make too so so we've uh, that's our first little business uh, uh, <laughs> venture in a way to um, to make them for friends and family and for people other people that want to buy them mm. and we're going to give a bit of money to crisis um, and our daughters are helping us aren't they because yeah. I think my words were I want to join in but I feel like I'm just copying you and you were like yeah. no you can join in and I was like yeah I can be in the bead club and yeah. actually and then and then my daughter was like oh, I want to help you mommy and you or your daughters and actually it's not funny because it was partly you know it was inspired it took you back to your mum and then mm. you all ends up making it with your daughter and that's really lovely again that's kind of I don't know, it's like monkey social behaviour, isn't it? Yeah. Like, all fiddling yeah. monkey about. Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> all yeah. like, yeah, I love that. So. Yeah, so it's been really mm. pleasant. So, you know, and, and that's, for me, it's that thing of I do get, I get bored, like I need stimulation mm. a lot and I, I find it very hard to be present. So obviously that's something I'm working on in terms of, like, going to yoga and meditation. Mm. And it's difficult for me to sit with my thoughts because of trauma, because of various other sort of mental health things um and so we sat yesterday afternoon um and I've got like 
I want more. But I've got a few different beads that I ordered. And uh, we watched uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, the mm. Tim Burton animation and um, and made bracelets. And I was oh, like, yeah, if you, you know, if you sell any, then you can have the profit. And she was like, wow. And I was like, right, but we're going to give some money to charity. She was like, oh, yes, that's a good idea. And, yeah, and then we had a big conversation about... Um, about the homeless and about what we could do over when we're in London over Christmas and stuff. Mm. So yeah, so that's, that's my cre- that creativity yeah. angle. It's just like, oh, okay, I've, you find you know, what I've got... you love and find what, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't settle. I mean, I was like, oh, maybe I could, tr- you know, do painting or just <laughs> like, but I'm, I, maybe I will mm. at some point. But like, I, it just doesn't fit my house mm. as chaos as it is. Right, you know, adding like painting and stuff to it is just like not possible right now you know and it's really interesting because mind you know i love mind as an organization and they do a crafternoon kit so if you Mm. go on their website you can raise a bit of money for mind but they'll send you they've sent me some christmas templates that ella and i are gonna do and um and uh, we did some pom-poms over the summer as well. And I, that got me into knitting. And it's like, mm. it's just really nice thing to do. But also it's interesting because they're mental health charities. So they're obviously there are all these benefits of, like you say, if you've got an active mind, and I think especially when you stop drinking and your thoughts are all over the place and you really need to quieten down i think Mm. that's a lot of that frenetic stuff that maybe we've used alcohol for as a buffer and to quiet just shut it off shut off the world shut off the noise those are really good aren't they those little tactile focused that's slightly different to flow and sort of expressive arts because that's where i get my biggest kicks but i definitely need that sort of focusing activity as well yeah i do um I do colouring as well. Mm. I can um, lose myself in colouring, that's for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. You can get those really beautiful colouring books, can't mm. you, at the moment, for, yeah, grown, for grown-ups. And like that wasn't yeah. there a few years ago. Um, so I'll move on. I, um, I've i got to give a shout-out to my friend Bernadette Russell, who's just done this beautiful book called The Little Book of Wonder. And you can get it on Amazon and also Waterstones. But the reason... Is I mean, she's a really dear old friend of mine and she did interview me for the book, so it's a slight thing there. But it is honestly so beautiful. So And it is what we're talking about, about, like, mm. wonder and awe. And she's just gone through, like, in about nature, about magic, the fact that we're all artists, um, just about positive thinking. And it's a little bit... It's like she's... I'll just pull a couple of things out. Uh so you spent some time in nature, you might have found a few things that interest you. Find something small like a flower or a leaf and spend some time looking at it. Observe the colour, shape and texture. Consider the amazing, exquisite detail it has, as all things have. So I suppose that's like that mindfulness, just like focusing mm. in. And um, just things like museums, like the Natural History Museum. Go and see how freaking amazing everything is. So I suppose this this is a bit like this feeds into all. Like our bodies are amazing. Tell the story of your life. You know, like little tools and tips that you can do. I love this bit. We have craft our likeness in, likenesses into mountains, launched, launched music into space and inspired peace. We have begun wars too with words. So art is a way of expressing what it is to be alive. It is inspirational to enjoy creativity for its own sake. And it's like, I just love that. I'm like, it's Mm. like so deep in us, isn't it? To just kind of 
connect somehow with that with that just you know even if I'm really rubbish at drawing but sometimes just drawing a picture will make my mind work slightly differently or something Mm. and we were also talking that what what we talked about was like okay so or being so nature is where I go to feel this sense of awe and like I think this is like a big thing in sobriety because um like the 12 steps like sort of like talk about the higher power and I think that this links into that and if you're secular or if you have a different faith then it or or no faith I suppose or Mm. it's like how do we connect with that that human thing that that religion gives us and I think again like um the science of happiness looks at it as an evolutionary thing and actually there's an ancient philosopher called I I I'm sure he said Plutocrates but I don't even know if that's right and if that's a real philosopher but he said what set us apart as a species was our uh, ability to feel awe and so that got them looking at what is awe and awe being something that it, it's something vast so like when you go to the sea when I go to the sea and I see those crashing rolling waves coming in um, when that endless sky rolls in with its constantly changing colours I go Jesus like I mm. am connected to something incredible and then they said what happens then is you start again you stop thinking about yourself and you become pro-social because you feel part of something so they've done studies and it helps people to feel better and it helps them to then do acts of kindness as well so it's like this um amazing kind of uh i don't know like this resource that we have Mm. so mm. and you know and I think that's one of the reasons I, I didn't take well to living in the city because I need the nature that is a big thing of where I get my dose of awe and feel connected to something greater and also doesn't it put things in perspective like I just go oh for god's sake you know I've had this pissy little argument with someone and look at that it's like get over yourself you know it's yeah great. it's great for the reframe it's great for shaking out that that very uh, insular re- reductive thinking and opening it opening it right out. So, and then I was with um, with Bernadette, which is where she gave me this the the book, and we were in this wharf in London, and it was amazing. I can't even remember the name of the wharf, but it's got like a Tim Burton type ship, like you were talking about Tim Burton thing. Yeah, which again, like his mind, isn't that uh, amazing? Mm. Though I I love that. So it's this mechanical ship. And we were in Cafe Rouge, we were just having a cup of coffee. And then I looked out and they'd covered this wharf with beautiful, like this glass, a bit like St Pancras. Mm. And then up the pillars, they'd strung fairy lights. So your gaze went up like the Sistine Chapel. And I was like, wowzers. And I felt that sense of awe. So even in the middle of kind of a city. Busy London. Yeah. Busy London. I just had that moment of stopping and drawing breath. And I and I, I feel quite passionate about that. Like I'd love to see inner city projects and places mm. for and they did um going back to science of happiness talking about this they did uh, uh initiatives within a city kids to take them out river rafting to take them out to the massive woods in california to look at the redwoods and mm. to then to make sure that children got fed that dose of awe when they couldn't quite you know when it was too chaotic and give them that sense of vastness and space and they did studies on that and they, and they studied it in seven countries and it had amazing you know it had really big positive 
effects on everyone. So again, you know, yeah, your where's you know it could be your local park, it could be, but th- those things go and look for them, looking up into the sky. I think those are super I tools. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent believe that. It was interesting actually. I was at this dinner party, which I won't go into too much because it was really boring but I was at a dinner party on Saturday night and one thing that they were talking about is the train stations in Paris and the train stations in London and uh and it's true train stations can be like quite grim places um mm. and in Paris like Gardenor in Paris is just horrendous it's just so dark there's just so much poverty there's lots of violence it's just really really like a difficult place and they're saying that when you you take the Garde du Nord to St Pancras you know when oh you go to God. London yeah St Pancras is like, so beautiful yeah and 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 I yeah, think there are lots yeah, yeah. of that architectural thing there is you know we we met in the Tate Modern didn't we when I was mm. last in London all the time before in the summer and it's that that the what's it called the turban Turbine, turbine, turbine the turbine room. room is it yeah yeah, yeah. that massive space mm. is you know does bring awe you know it does that, yeah. That, yeah I think those are like we we again we were speaking about um you know modern churches myself and Bernadette and um and saying that art galleries were probably the closest we had mm. at the moment to a secular space. I have to give credit actually here to Alain de Botton from School of Life and his amazing book, Religion for Atheists. Um, School of Life is a London-based organisation, which is like a philosophical debating society. Mm. And for and they do things on a Sunday morning. So if you don't want to go to church, you can go along and they will have a reflective practice and they will talk about something amazing and they will share food so again you have this kind of because he said okay you 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 know religion can give us all of these amazing pro-social things and connections and feelings of awe so let's have it for people who haven't got a who don't subscribe to a particular religion or maybe pantheistic or polytheistic Mm. or whatever um pantheistic i just made up a word that meant like (laughs) like, sounds good celebrating all gods (laughs) i made up a word um but so yeah so um yeah when i was in la i was talking to my friend jen about this you know about uh, the religion question because i'm not at Mm. all religious and i've never been religious and um and i i'm quite you know anti if there's anything i think about religion it's pretty mm. negative um and we were talking about how sometimes there's a an element of envy of people that that do have faith because mm. it um yeah it fills a massive hole of uh, of kind of um of awe of belief of of mm. security of um of direction like it has a lot a lot um that that's good about it you know mm. um if you're talking about faith I'm, you know the things i guess mm. i have more problem i have a difficulty with is organized religion yeah and what it's done and the wars and all the rest yeah of it, and it's negatives um, yeah yeah so yeah but that's really interesting yeah. i'll look into that all that school of life is really good for that and i think like you said and i agree and because i was very religious as a child i think that has led me for a lifelong quest to find my way back to what my kind of early experiences of all wonder inspiration feeling connected um mm 
were and where uh, you know and and that that sense of peace and possibility and all of those beautiful things and I think though that that finding your awe place finding your wonder I mean like awe is almost like a lofty word isn't it and I I do like the word wonder as well because Mm. one wonder to me is slightly more uh, smaller and a little bit more playful so like wonder for me is is fairy lights is mm. is turning on the christmas tree for the first time yeah it is is seeing a candle like a candle mass i love candle mass um it's like wonder is a shooting star mm. and those things maybe if you have a little bit of a you know where awe is a little bit oh okay that's fine back off on the awe but those moments of wonder and I think those are little really feed us as well Mm. um yeah I think I think that's where gratitude lists come in don't they mm. because they kind of uh take those moments of wonder and and put them into concrete on a on a page they say that that's, that's something for me in it my kind little of locks, life yeah, yeah it locks them in yeah and um and I did my I haven't done it for ages but I know when I'm sort of not feeling too great it really helps me to just go you know what brought me joy today like what mm. what am I thankful for and just you know little things like and you otherwise you forget and yeah. when when the world seems to be quite heavy and you know the the walls are rising the black dogs looking down at you mm. it's hard to kind of um keep focused on on the positive and yeah and so um it gets so imbalanced so quickly <clears throat> that you know everything that's bad is so huge and everything mm. that's good becomes so small um and and those gratitude lists and wonder and stuff like that mm. just help it grow you know and you're just like actually yes it's what you focus on it's being mindful and no and noticing I think that's part of all of this as well is noticing those moments and catching them and so there is a mindfulness there isn't it of that moment you put on the ghost sheet and you caught a moment Mm. and flipped it and I think and again when you're I, I think I've become more aware since I've been sober of those moments because each moment has that that kind of possibility well not every moment oh, yeah cleaning yeah. the toilet maybe not so much but the, I like the idea of adding value to things so like you know when we're talking about have a coffee like make it a really nice one and put cinnamon on top like yeah. that really elevates there's something about elevating choosing and then elevating your state so I think it's quite skillful all of these are like little tools to skillfully elevate your state and your mind mm. so um you know so what have we talked about we talked about all we talked about flow I'm just recapping because I feel like we're, yeah. I, I've gone off spiralling and now I'm like really hyper. Inspiration, <laughs> fun, play, like creativity. It could be my, it could be uh, expressive or, you know, finding things that you love. And Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that's it. I mean, and and sometimes it's nice to kind of. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I I really do 100% believe that, you know, everyone's story in recovery or in, in, um, is, is valid, you know, and I, I love kind of just reading the stories on Soberistas or reading stories or, or connecting with people on Instagram, you know, and I think what they've been through is I am in awe of, of the human uh, Mm. strength, you know, often, um, and so, so sober celebs, I, I mean, we've talked about it because it, I mean, I don't think they're any better or, or no. than me or whatever, 
but it's just that it's kind of growing your tribe or sort of seeing who who else is is out there and and actually just sort of when you when people are speaking out in the public eye it kind of gives you that kind of kudos a bit more of being mm. like all oh, right well okay yeah it's visible um, isn't it it's... i just read a um an article that um daniel radcliffe did um and it was just very very interesting you know it was very interesting to what happened and you know being mm. so young and and Harry Potter and, and how he like alcohol and, and how he is as a drinker and how it's just, there's just no point in, you know, mm. and I, just, I found it really, really interesting. Um, and it kind of just gives you that little like, Oh, okay. I'm not mm. abnormal. And also like uh, these people are awesome. You know, yeah, like yeah, these yeah. are people they, they that have really, really succeeded. Yeah. And so often they'll say that, like, you know, I, I stopped drinking because it was getting in, in the, the way, way of my acting. Yeah. Or it was getting in the yeah. way of my music career or it was getting in the way of my writing. Mm. And it's like, ah, OK. And so I really not like, like those because it's not like at yeah. the inevitable rock bottom I had to go to read because you've got the Robert Downey mm. Jr., sort mm. of the classic rehab stories and I was always like yay when I read Kristen you know and I know it's sort of this is me being a bit vacuous but Kristen Davis from mm. Sex in the City because I was like you know I loved that series and when mm. I found out she was and she was so beautiful and she was like well you know it wasn't going so well and I thought if I'm gonna do this and so she wasn't like you know she was just a beautiful role model that I, mm. I just think was gorgeous and I was like yeah Okay, I can really, I can identify with you and I mm. can uh, aspire to be a bit like you uh, when I needed a role model more. Like, like I think the confidence that comes with it is that you feel stronger and stronger. But I think they can really, you know, it's an NLP technique, isn't it? To find mm. a model and then to kind of think about the qualities in them that you might need or might help yeah. you and then you copy. So, mm. so um. Yeah, and again, and I think all of this is just kind of lightening the load as well. If like we're talking about, we're feeling yeah. a little bit under the weather. Go and have some fun and find out things that light light you up, really. Yeah. So we got to wrap it up now. It's um yeah, yeah forty five minutes. I so could... I know. So um, reason to love sober. All of this. Yeah, um, I'm... I'm, I was thinking that in in terms of I've been quite aware of health at the moment and um I've given up sugar to help my niece out with her her school project um which might be one of the reasons why I'm feeling a bit low is that I'm kind of having some sugar detox um but it made it made me sort of aware of health and it made me think that like uh I I am very good with what I eat and I just don't eat rubbish anymore and there's just not a lot of toxins going in my body mm. um I don't really eat chocolate I never eat sweets I just uh, I mean so me giving up sugar is actually not very difficult I miss I miss a nice homemade cake um but I can have honey so I, mm. I just um I'm having lots of honey and making cheer jam with honey and stuff um but yeah I just made it made me think god I'm 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 healthy and mm. I was kind of I was out with some people and you know when you can see that kind of like um, they were having kind of red, you know, the red cheeks from sort of uh, sulfite allergies or whatever, you know, mm. or, or people when they're drinking. And I was just like, mm, your poor bodies. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, oh, God, I'm really, really, I'm really glad. So I, mm. I mean, you know, my, I mean, I could die tomorrow. You just don't know what's going to happen. But I just feel quite lucky that I just 
from making one change, mm. which now is not even hard to me, um, I'm my body's in a much better shape. So mm. that's pretty good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, for my, you? yeah, just this, what we talked about, really, just the fact that it, it allowed me access to all of this stuff, really, and finding my inspiration and my fun and my play again. And yeah, I, I just, it's just so nice to know that it, didn't it wasn't alcohol that gave me that and I think at some point I thought that was my way into it when I was a grown-up mm. and realizing it it was all there anyway and that is a constant source of joy to me like to, it truly is like I feel bloody bountiful with that when mm. I when I actually plug into it so yes yeah tip of the day Tom Hardy <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm so apologise to to my husband. Apologise to men in general, and uh, apologise to Tom Hardy um, for my uh, slight obsession in this episode. Um, no, I don't know. Just uh, I, I've been watching lots of comedy on Netflix, and that's quite nice when you feel a bit low. Just to kind of, just laugh, you know, find something that makes you laugh. So it's a it's a good medicine. And you? tip of the day well well I think I come to this quite a lot but I suddenly like well I've got a really really busy week off on so um having spoken to you yesterday you were like is there anything you could take off the list and actually and I just thought no absolutely no way no 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 and then actually I kind of went at the just like literally one or two I mean, I could cancel the whole lot if really, couldn't you? Mm. Essentially, if you were like that knackered, you really can. You're allowed to. So I suppose permission to take stuff off the list and clear a bit of space, even if you have got, you know, a mental week, maybe have a little look at where you can dial things down. Oh, because I was going to say just really quickly, because I had such a dreadful journey and a busy week and all the rest of it, I was severely triggered on Saturday night and all day yesterday, um, massively, massively in a way that I haven't been for literally like months, maybe years. Mm. And um, so that was, I stood behind, um, like, you know, I said I was in that tent and everything, like waiting for the bus. Someone lit a fag in front of me and like, I don't smoke. And I stood behind it trying to inhale the cigarette because I just was like, give me a fag. And like, mm. you know, so it, it was just like it was all over the shop. So, you know, really dial it down if you if you're getting triggered, then then that yeah. might, that might be a really important thing to do rather than, oh, that's just gonna be nice, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. you know, yeah. Okay. So if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, you can visit alcohol concern. Um and they've got loads and loads of good resources on there. Um, I'll talk to your GP again. And as uh, Lucy said, you know, if you're part of the Soberista community or you're interested in it, you could, um, you know, they've got an Ask the Doctor uh, resource on there. So if you don't fancy going to your GP but you still want some medical advice, there is someone you can interact with there. And um, in the meantime, have a great week. Go and look for some inspiration, some flows and plays and creativity. And, um, yeah... And we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.